It is Larry Henry Jr. Now, mostly we'll be going over that Flyers win over the Islanders, although it felt like another one of those games where you just go, ah, again, it's happening all over again, but still a win. But I want to start here. You have the Michigan State Spartans tonight, right, Larry? Yes, sir. Yeah, I did did go with Michigan State. Uh, I see that's the consensus among a lot of the uh, NCAA uh, fans and and betters out there. So uh, it should be a good game. Obviously, that was probably the game of the of the night uh, once the schedule came out. Uh, obviously, the two biggest teams. But uh, yeah, so far it's been pretty good, back and forth affair. Uh, I think Michigan State, though, at the end pulls it out. Um, you know, I know a lot of people probably look at. You know, they look at records and everything like that, but when you're in the Big Ten, um, like Michigan State was, and, and a lot of those teams are playing, uh, obviously in this tournament, Illinois, Ohio State, Rutgers, um, you know, that that record's a little skewed there. But, uh, yeah, so far it's a good game, and uh, I've been waiting for some March Madness, man. I, I'm, I'm excited to have, uh, you know, four screens going, uh, you know, for the next few days. Yeah, that's what we're going to be doing, looking at college basketball. And before we get to uh, the hockey and the Flyers win, uh, you have some some plays tomorrow. You have some bets in for college basketball. So what do you have for tomorrow's games? Yeah, so uh, tomorrow uh, i got three plays. Um, starting off with, uh, should be a good game, uh, Virginia Tech against Florida. Um, that, that game... Uh, I believe uh, in the afternoon. Uh, I think it's uh, in the 12 o'clock window. Um, I'm going with Florida. Uh, Florida right now, uh, you can get them over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, minus one, uh, if you want the spread, that's at minus 109. And then uh, on the money line, which I actually like them on the money line, uh, you know, at minus 114. I like them on either, uh, with that spread being so close. Um, but Florida is a team that, kind of stumbled uh, to the finish in the SEC, two of their last three losses uh, coming to Tennessee. But overall, um, you know, I like what they bring shooting-wise. They're a solid team from three-point land. Um, They're one of the best free-throw shooting teams in the country, Uh, the best team statistically in the SEC. Um, Virginia Tech will make it interesting. They're a good defensive team, but offensively they don't have a guy that really kind of wows you. So, um, guys like Trey Mann and Keontae Johnson for uh, Florida, both 16 points per game, um, two of the leaders for Florida. So, uh, And overall, they have five players who average uh, double-digit points per game. So, so that just really shows the offensive depth that they have compared to Virginia Tech. So uh, that's the first play I like. Uh, sticking with it, uh, I also like North Carolina tomorrow night uh, against Wisconsin. Uh, right now you can get the Tar Heels minus one-and-a-half at uh, – minus 112, and then on the money line at minus 124. Um, that, that I think, might be one of the games of the night, uh, the 8 versus 9 game. Uh, North Carolina, sticking with them uh, size-wise, they, they're really uh, got some, you know, some big forwards that can really dominate the offensive glass and also the defensive glass. Um, Armando Bacon is one of them. Uh, he had 12.3 points per game in the regular season, uh, 223 combined rebounds, which is a, a crazy stat. Uh, and then, you know, when you look at it as well, they have Caleb Love uh, at guard, who uh, averaged 10 point, 10 and a half points per game, led the team with a, over 100 assists. Um, so I think that size differential between them and Wisconsin is really going to be, you know, what wins this game. And Wisconsin has a really great guard group. 
um, one of the best guard groups in, in college basketball. But um, they're going to have to try to do something inside. And I just think in the end, uh, North Carolina with the size differential is going to, um, you know, dictate that game. Uh, and then my last play, I'm going to go with Sta- San Diego State. Uh, overall, I like them on the spread, uh, minus three against Syracuse. Uh, that's minus 109. So, you know, a little bit better value there, uh, than on the money line, which is minus 152. Uh, San Diego State isn't a team that's probably going to want to get into a shootout with Syracuse. Um, they're going to try to play, uh, you know, uh, Syracuse is a team that's going to probably try to play high tempo uh, off- offensively and try to get some steals and, and force some mistakes defensively. But uh, San Diego State is one of the top defensive uh, teams in the country, uh, has done really well this season. Um, two guys they have, Matt Mitchell and, and Jordan Shakel, uh, both had over 14.5 points per game. I know Shakel led the team in, with, uh, with like about a 37% three-point percentage. So uh, those two guys, I think, going to be key. And I think Syracuse, um, you know, will make this interesting. But in the end, I like San Diego State. So uh, all these teams tomorrow are the favorites, and I think they all advance and move on. I agree. I like UNC and San Diego State both, especially that San San Diego State game. I think they match up very well against Syracuse. So I like those plays a lot. So uh, college basketball, you seem to be pretty good at, but you also very good at betting hockey as well at LHenry019. Now, I don't know if you had a play on this game, but certainly a lot of emotional investment, I guess you can call it. The Flyers, uh, they won, but not without giving us all a, a huge heart attack and making us resent watching another Flyers game. But they won. Uh, first of all, let's go through the way that they won. Oscar Lindblom uh, that guy's pretty good. Oscar Lindblom, uh, I mean, you can't say enough about the guy. Uh, scores the opening goal of the game, which ended a 21-game uh, goalless drought individually for him, um, and really just sets the tone and gets things going. I mean, the first period, um, you know, I was flipping between a couple things at the same time, and uh, Islanders hit the post twice in the first period. So you're thinking, okay, well, the hockey gods must be on the flyer side. Uh, after that drubbing they got last night to the Rangers. But um, but second period, it was all flyers, and Limblom was a, a big reason for that. Gets the opening goal. Claude Giroux gets the tip in. He's been having a really good uh, run lately of, of finding the back of the net. And then you have Jake Voracek with the um, what we thought was the icing on the cake, uh, making it 3 nothing. But um, – but the Islanders came right back uh, in the third period, getting some goals there uh, to make this a game 3-3. And I can't really blame Carter Hart. Uh, defensively, this team is just um, really lacking an identity right now, really lacking leadership. And um, and the Islanders tie at 3-3, but uh, Limblom starts to play that eventually leads to that winning goal. Uh, great shot by him, great shot uh, um you know, screen by Claude Giroux in front of the net. He didn't get an assist on the play, but he deserves one because he set that screen uh, in front of uh, Samuel Varlamov and uh, Oscar Lindblom with a great shot and, and plays the hero tonight. And um, and he really needed it because we, you know, I've been saying for a few weeks now that we needed to see guys like Lindblom and Nolan Patrick and these guys that missed last season. You know, when would they kind of uh, come into their own? And hopefully, this starts uh, what what we hope is a good run for Lindblom now. Um, and what's going to be a busy stretch uh, once again for the Flyers because they're right back at it Saturday night against the Islanders, and then they go back home where they have to play the Islanders, I believe, two more times next week. They also have to play the Rangers 
Rangers again, and then you mix the Devils in as well. So um, going to be some bad blood boiling over, I think, eventually, because they're seeing a lot of the same teams uh, in a quick uh, period of time over the next two weeks. Now, because of the defensive struggles, and they uh, give up a ton of goals, um, we, we've talked about, you know, offensively, the Flyers, you know, maybe a little bit disappointing, not doing great in, in spots, but for the most part, how would you kind of rate how the forwards and uh, overall how they've been offensively? Because it doesn't seem like, even after last night getting shut out, it just doesn't seem like they go on very many scoring droughts, and they usually put up, I think, enough goals in, in stretches of games to, to lead to wins. It's just defensively they're not playing well. So just rate how they've been offensively, you think, this season. Offensively, I mean, they've been up there with some of the, um, you know, some of the the top teams in the league. Um, the record overall might not, you know, show that, but when you look at just the East Division alone, I mean, they've scored 92 goals uh, in 28 games, which is um, the third most in the division. Washington leads the way uh, with 103. You have Pittsburgh with 96, and then you have the Flyers with 92, uh, and then you have the Islanders right behind them with 90. And even even you have a team like Boston, who is three team three points ahead of the Flyers. They've only scored 77 goals, but they've only allowed 66. It just shows you the defensive work that they put in. But the Flyers right now minus seven on the goal differential. They've let up 99 goals, which is the second most uh, in the division, uh, which is pretty shocking. So I didn't know it was that high um, of late. Only the Buffalo Sabres, who were last in that division, have let up more with 101. Uh, so that's something that's going to need to change defensively. But offensively, they just, they just have to keep doing what they're doing. It seems like every night they're getting uh, a different line, offensive line that steps up. I know um, – you know, the Rangers game earlier this week where they won, um, you know, they had a good performance from the Couturier line. Uh, tonight it was the Drew, Konechny, and um, Lindblom line where uh, Lindblom gets two goals, uh, Drew gets a goal, Konechny gets three assists. So um, they're going to need that. And I think at some point they're going to need everyone as a collective unit to step up because, um, you know, you see a team like the Islanders and also teams like Washington in this division who um, have a lot of different lines that can beat you. And that's only going to make you more uh, dangerous when it comes to playoff time. I mean, we, you know, I was on with you a lot last year where we we talked about that offensive depth and how it made the Flyers so scary. Um, now it seems like they've kind of dwindled a little bit with that, and and it seems like only one or two lines maybe uh, beat a team in the night. But um, they're going to need everybody, and and defensively they're really going to need to straighten up because at some point you have to expect that teams are going to start keying in on these Flyers uh, offensive players, and the defense is going to have to uh, step up. And, and like I've said for a few weeks, I don't think Carter Hall. Hard is at fault. I don't really think Brian Elliott's at fault either. I just think defensively they're in a in a bad way right now. They need to you know tighten up, get back to basics, and uh, hopefully get on a nice winning run because right now playoffs play, play started today. They're not going to be there, and uh, even with some games in hand. Yeah, and I think. Uh, Carter Hart obviously has been the subject of a lot of conversations here about, you know, goaltending, and it's not all on Elliott, and it's not all on Carter Hart, uh, but there do seem to be some issues with Hart. Um, does he seem like he's working his way through it? Through it? Is it getting worse? I just wonder if he's seeing because I, I think a lot of the issues that he's been having sort of showed up again tonight against the Islanders. A lot of glove side goals that he has given up. Uh, is it just a few fixes here and there? But what are we looking at with Carter Hart? Because while it is, I think a lot of it the defense, there are some struggles that he's going through right now. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I do think that Carter Hart can't be blamed for all of it because of the defense, but there are some situations where if you looked at him you know, last year, I mean, he was one of the best goalies in the league, was playing at a high level, stole a lot of games just on his own, and, and now you look at him and he's making, you know, a lot of simple mistakes, but then he also has that ability to make some really good saves. I mean, tonight, game was 3-3, made some good saves. Uh, even before that, made some good saves, um, even when the Flyers were ahead. So, uh, so overall, I think that Carter Hart, um, you know, I, I still have a lot of belief in him. Um, he's only, uh, you know, year three, year four into his career now. Um, so overall, I think that he's, he will, he will get back to where he needs to be. Um, you know, his defensive unit isn't really helping him, but, uh, he just has to go out, play his game. You know, when he, when they do get practice time, work on that those mistakes. I know he's been doing a lot of extra work. I've been reading, you know, a lot of articles from people who have been, uh, you know, fortunate to be at the, at the practice sessions and he's been, you know, staying late, putting in a lot of extra work with the goaltending uh, coaches and everything. So that's good to see, um, especially as a young goalie, you don't want to see a guy lose his confidence and, you know, completely unravel. And uh, I think that, that Carter Hart will get back to where he needs to be. It's just going to be a little time. And unfortunately, he doesn't have all that time in the world to practice right now because they're playing every uh, every two nights and they're probably going to be, uh, you know, for the rest of the season because they're um, about at the midway point right now, 28 games, uh, and, and they still have a, a lot of games left to play and a lot of points hopefully to catch up and, and sneak into that top four, maybe even even the top one or two. You can follow him at LHenry019. We're talking some hockey. We were Flyers, but we're going to move now into some plays for tomorrow. He's joining me on the Dr. Glatt Regrow Your Hairline. And uh, you can follow him again at LHenry019. Uh, Larry, what plays do you have for hockey uh, tomorrow that you can give us? Yeah, so overall, um, not not a huge slate tomorrow of games, only five games. Uh, it's probably probably better that way because we're all going to be watching the March Madness uh, happen. Uh, all hey, day if there's anyway, action, but... we can get in on all action. Maybe the college basketball isn't going well for us, so we need some hockey. So I'm sure we'll have action on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, kicking off, uh, one game I like. Uh, for sure, is uh, Calgary against Toronto. Uh, that's at 7 o'clock. Um, you know, this game, uh, I don't really uh, li- like the value for Toronto on the, on the money line, um, but on the puck line, I think uh, at minus one and a half, there's some good value there, plus 155. Uh, Toronto is, is really um, kind of the face of that division uh, right now. I know some teams are kind of catching up to them, but um, Calgary is a team that, you know, desperately needs some points to get back into this thing. Uh, they're three points out of the, of the fourth place because they're currently in sixth. But uh, Toronto, you know, well ahead of them in the standings, nine points better. Uh, and, you know, with Austin Matthews leading the way, they're always a team that's going to be putting up some goals. I know they have the second most goals in that that North division. So uh, I like the Maple Leafs, like them on the minus one and a half on the puck line. Uh, also going to ride the over on that game at over six and a half. Uh, that's minus one Oh five, because um, this division has been uh, insane with the overs. I'd have to say that out of all these divisions and all the games I've been keeping tabs on uh, this division, division has probably hit the most overs. Uh, these, these scores are just crazy. Uh, and then looking at the later games, 
Um, the, the 10 o'clock game between Vegas and uh, the L.A. Kings, uh, Vegas, again, a heavy favorite, minus 165. Um, so I do also like the over, over five and a half. That's minus 110. Uh, it's a pick them either way, so you're going minus 110 either way. Uh, like the over, Vegas is a team, puts up a lot of goals, and the Kings have done pretty well. Uh, this season uh, compared to, you know, preseason predictions. Um, and, and if I had to go uh, with a guy to score uh, in that game, Alex Tuck for uh, Vegas has been really good this season, uh, plus 225 to score. He's been on a good run. So uh, like Vegas uh, and the Kings with the over, also like Alex Tuck to find the back of the net. We just went over college basketball plays, flyers, and look at that, some NHL plays as well. We got a lot done there, Larry, so uh, I I call that very productive, and I'm sure you're going to be winning your bets a lot more than I have won mine uh, tonight. Larry, thanks for joining me. Always good talking to you, and uh, hopefully we get some more flyers wins over the weekend, and good luck uh, with uh, your bracket and all your tournament picks. Thanks a lot, John, for having me. Have a good weekend, and yeah, best of luck to you as well. We'll uh, connect next week. That was that was a lot. That was productive as all heck. Hockey, college basketball picks, Flyers talk. Got it all done. It's a good way to end the show too.